All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation NBA, we do it all the way. Welcome back to another edition of your NBA box score breakdown. As always, it's your host, David Bracey, back in the booth with you. And tonight, I'm joined by two more of our incredible hoopball correspondents. I got Marcus to my left, Brad to my right. Guys, introduce yourselves to the hoopball family. What's going on, everybody? What's up, man? It's good to be back here, especially with Brad and David. Looking forward to just getting into it and, uh, you know, just updating you on the series and breaking it down. So, yeah, you know who it is. It's B Hard, obviously, your host of the Hoop Ball Hawks. I'm just ha- glad to talk about, you know, the NBA Finals since, you know, my team isn't playing. I'm just happy to be in the you know, presence of royalty tonight with David and Marcus uh, just to talk hoops here on, on the breakdown. So just really excited about the episode we got going on tonight. 
And Hoopball family, he is correct. We have a very, very special episode for you tonight. Another edition of your box score breakdown group chat. We're going to be recapping game three, giving, or I'm sorry, game four, giving you a preview of game five to come on Friday evening. Um, and we're going to be talking about what the Lakers got to do to close out the series, what the Miami Heat got to do to get back in the series. And we'll make a couple MVP predictions, although I think we probably have a pretty clear favorite at this point. So opening it up, I mean, recapping the game. Lakers pulled out the win, 102-96, um, after a very pedestrian effort from Anthony Davis in Game 3. He came out and responded with 22 points on 8-16 shooting, contributing 9 rebounds, 4 assists, and 4 blocks, uh, really crucial blocks down the stretch and throughout the game to really help the Lakers solidify that win. So shout-out to AD for writing the ship on that end. And then LeBron James, as always, keeping the, keeping the, keeping the game, I mean, in his hands. 28, 28 points on 8-16 shooting, hit two threes. 12 rebounds, 8 assists, had six turnovers, unfortunately, but did have a steal. So LeBron doing all things great, as he always does, uh, really closing the game out for the Lakers down the stretch. Had several big plays, uh, did, had an incredible uh, split of the defense at the top of the key to get a great and one on Jay Crowder and then really just bullied him to end the game on the low post, getting rebounds, putting the ball back in the hoop, finding his open teammate and doing all the things that he does and that make him LeBron James. Uh, and then for the Miami Heat, you know, Jimmy Butler, did his best, uh, almost had a triple-double, but he'll be the first one to tell you that he doesn't give a damn about that. 22 points on 8 of 17 shooting, hit, uh, had 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 turnovers, 3 steals, and a block. So Jimmy doing everything that he could, had some contributions from Hero, out of bio return, and in 33 minutes had 15 points on 6 of 8 shooting. Uh, went 3 of 5 from the free throw line, had 7 rebounds, 3 mm. turnovers, and assists, and a steal. So Adebayo looked pretty good um, in his minutes that he got. They definitely gave him all the minutes that he could handle. Um, couldn't really find a rhythm offensively after a big explosion to open up the game there. Uh, had a little bit of fouls here and there, but overall I thought he played pretty well. And Hopefully um, maybe Goran Dragic will actually be able to suit up as we saw him kind of warm up before the game and then ultimately end up being sidelined. So looking at the game, revisiting it, I'm going to pass it over to Brad first. Brad, what were the big standouts from you as far as the Lakers being able to pull out that victory? Well, I know for me the biggest thing was LeBron rebounding from the turnovers that occurred in the first half. I think going to halftime, he had five, maybe six already. Uh, in, in the first half, really rebounded that second half to take charge, really lead that Laker charge in the second half with hitting timely three-pointers early in the third quarter to really get the team going and really open up the floor for the Lakers, getting his teammates involved. As you mentioned, almost another playoff triple-double. And I know you alluded to Anthony Davis, uh, who I felt like in stretches wasn't as aggressive as he was early in the series, but Obviously, he finished the game well with great plays on the defensive end. And uh, in my opinion, the game, the game clinching three-pointer, um, and like, and just allude to his numbers again, it's crazy to think that 22-9-4, and 50% from three and four blocks is not aggressive. But just that just speaks to the greatness of how he's been playing this series because his defensive presence in series um, is definitely a big expletive to the voters who did not vote for him. Defensive player of the year who, who I thought personally should have won over Giannis, uh, but that's neither here nor there because the most important trophy is the Larry O'Brien, which it looks like they may be obtaining if the Heat could do some things differently game five. And I just want to throw this take in real quick. Uh, I know there's a lot of Lakers fans singing KCP's praises right now, and rightfully so. He's been playing very well this series. But for me, and I put this out on Twitter yesterday, I think that my uns unsung hero for the Lakers 
for me, it's Markeith Morris. He's really been playing well, hitting the three from the top of the key consistently. This series, it seems like every time he gets a three-point opportunity from the top of the key, he's draining it. He's getting timely rebounds, uh, playing some pretty good defense as well. Definitely showing out as the only Morris brother still in the playoffs right now. And he's doing what, you know, Jay Crowder was doing, obviously, in the series before for the Heat. Uh, he's really doing that for the Lakers right now. So he's done it all this series. And I just want to take this time to really recognize his performance uh, for this Lakers team as they try to look to close it out tomorrow. Yeah, I definitely echo everything that you said, Brad. Um, truthfully, to, to your point uh, about Anthony Davis briefly, he he did at points throughout the game kind of look like he was disinterested um, offensively, at least defensively. I think he, his presence was felt throughout the game. We saw him take the defensive assignment of Jimmy Butler and really put the emphasis on making it difficult for him to score. So, again, credit to him really showing, like you said, that maybe it should have been him getting the DPOY uh, instead of Giannis. But we don't take back trophies. So that's just what it is. Um, but, but yeah, he definitely at the end of the game, I mean, he iced it for him hitting that three kind of acted like he did a little bit more than I think that he did uh, once that three went in, but Hey, that's usually how it goes. When the shot goes in, you feel a lot better about it than before it didn't. So um, again, credit to AD. He needed to respond from that game three performance. I think, unfortunately he's taken himself out of the MVP conversation. Um, but in, in, in regard to the unsung heroes, KCP definitely played very, very well in that game. And for all the people in the Laker fandom, which is everywhere, um, I, mean, I mean, you guys know how inconsistent this guy has been throughout the year. Okay, I'm not telling you anything new. I know it's slander when it comes from somebody who's not a Laker fan and, you know, just, just tough criticism or whatever you want to call it when it comes from the Laker kingdom. But, but let's be let, let, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, KCP has been incredibly inconsistent. And last night he... You know, he played like he was worth that contract that a lot of people could say he probably got because of his association with Clutch. But he hit threes. He hit big threes. The threes that he hit at the times that he did help the Lakers maintain leads or go on runs. Um, and it really did help them down the stretch. And Markeith Morris has been an absolute bully coming into the game, hitting wide open threes at the top of the key, being a consistent corner three-point shooter, um, and really giving them the business on free throw uh, rebounding attempts, giving them the business um, creating second-chance opportunities for the offense when the Lakers are coming up short on shots. That he, he, to his credit, has played very, very well. So, I mean, shout out to him. And Caruso will continue to be the pest that he's always been. Um, he, he's a souped up Della Badova, and we saw what LeBron was able to do with Delhi. So, I mean, shout out to Caruso. He, he, the guy can play. Um, he knows his role, and he plays it very, very well. So, I definitely agree with you. Now, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to pivot to my man Marcus here. Marcus, you know, I, I know you your allegiances would lie a little bit a little bit closer to Miami than to uh, California here, but um, – what do you think? What do you think the Miami Heat? Obviously, the Miami Heat need to do something to respond in Game Five. What to you were the big things that the Miami Heat were unable to do, or big thing they were unable to do to really close to close out that win? Um, because the game was incredibly close going into the fourth quarter. What were the things that the Miami Heat were unable to execute down the stretch to get that win and even up the series? In your opinion, man, I'm glad you asked me that because. Um, that's what I wanted to focus on specifically when I was watching the game, especially in the final minutes, um, you know, even throughout the game, it was like LeBron hit this three Lakers made this big play. And when you watch the heat, right, 
if you were just if you were just paying attention on Twitter, you would have just seen the bias of what people thought they wanted the Lakers to do, how well they were doing. But in actuality, the Heat, they stuck around, they hung around, they were within three, they were right there. And um, I'm sure you guys remember towards the end of the game there when uh, Jimmy Butler and them had that nice play when um, he uh, drove inside and then kicked it out to Jay Crowder. And I think that put him within three. It might have been one. But my point with that is, if you really think about it, and I'm not taking anything away from L.A., right? But Miami was always in the game until the very end. And I think their inability to capitalize on second chance rebounds and points really hurt them down the stretch because that was a game that obviously they didn't want to lose, but they could have easily won. And I get Bam wasn't a hundred percent. He played staggered minutes and he's just kind of getting his groove back, but he still had a very good performance, you know, when you look at it. But the problem was for me is they just weren't able to put it together. And it just looked like so often they would dribble down, they would drive in, kick it out, try to hit the next player. And they were just very stagnant on offense And when you watch them play that way, they just didn't have that spark, you know, that fire to put them up over the edge. And, you know, it's all hypothetical, but you got to think with, you know, L.A. really wanting to win that game and L.A., excuse me, Miami constantly fighting back with a little momentum. They could have maybe overtook the Lakers. You know, you can't put anything against LeBron and A.D., but I just felt like they were right there. And down the stretch, you know, they were just able to get nothing moving on offense You know, even Hero had to force some very difficult shots just to get a bucket. Jimmy wasn't nearly as explosive as he was in, you know, this game four as he was in game three. But I don't know, man. The thing is, for me, if they're going to win, they need to get that full production of offense that they can from their key guys in Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, Bam, Jimmy Butler. And I feel like when you don't have that on full display, they just get overpowered by the Lakers. So, I mean, as I was watching it, I would have just been really surprised to see them able to clutch that one out just because it seemed like they had no answer for him down the stretch. And then when AD finally went down, you know, hit that big three, yes, it was the dagger, but I don't know. It was like that last five minutes that really told the story, you know, of Miami's inability to just get any offense going and, you know, go on a type of run. And I do credit LA for that, but I felt like it was more so Miami's demise than to LA's credit, but you know, they got to pick that up if they want to have a chance in game five, for sure. So how about you guys? I'm curious to know, was there anything that stuck out to you that you really thought was a deciding factor or you would have loved to see more of down the stretch in Miami? Uh, I, I will jump in real quick because you made a lot of wonderful points that I, you know, had in my notes as, as well. I thought Miami did play tough. They did play hard, but it's definitely been, you know, tougher sledding since, you know, that game three win. And I was really, really excited with they when they switched to man from the zone because I thought that gave them a more of a competitive ed- edge on the defensive end because that's truly Miami Heat defense is playing man, getting up in your grill. And I feel like the Lakers have flipped the switch on them and really been, you know, challenging the ball handlers coming up the court, really trying to, you know, double team hero, double team, you know, Robinson when he's at when he's around the three point line and forcing him to pass it out. He's not getting open opportunities. And I think that the ability, one of the things that I tweeted out as well, is if the Lakers have been doing a great job of closing out on the shooters, so Miami hasn't been knocking down those threes from a high clip that they're like they're used to doing. And the Lakers transition defense is elite. 
Like, they have an elite transition defense with the blocking ability of Braun and AD. The, they have been altering shots all series, and especially in Game 4. And I think it's kind of getting into the heads of the Heat's play, Heat players of their ability to, you know, oh, they can go get this shot. And I've seen Jimmy Butler and some of the uh, Heat players hesitate a lot on the offensive end. Uh, even, you know, when they have an open look, they're worried about the closeout ability of AD, the closeout ability of LeBron. And I really think that they need to, you know, continue to be aggressive on the offensive end. And I think that Jimmy Butler personally, um, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I think that Jimmy Butler was a little bit deferring a little bit more to Bam more than he should have. Obviously, Bam, you know, trying to, you know, come back from injury, get in rhythm. And like you said, uh, David, he looked great early on and then kind of faltered, you know, later in the game. But I think they just ultimately need to be aggressive, more aggressive on both ends, play heat basketball, uh, continue to get more ball movement. Uh, and just more off-ball movement with their players to hopefully give them cleaner looks so they don't have to worry about the shot-altering ability of that front court for the Lakers and LeBron. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, I think for me the biggest thing would be the fact that I think the story of that game is, like we said, the the quote-unquote unsung heroes, the role players. And the role players on the Lakers seemed far more locked in than those of Miami. Um, And that has kind of been a consistent theme throughout this series. Now, heading into this finals matchup, there was a lot of conversation about will the Lakers be able to step up to the defensive challenge of the perimeter shooting of Miami? Well, I mean, I think they've answered that challenge. I mean, pretty clearly to this point, um, they've been sticking with these guys like glue. They've been making them very uncomfortable. And I think that at several points throughout this series, and especially in game four, you saw the Tyler heroes, the Duncan Robinsons, as great of shooters as they are, they were relying on these circus type of shots to help them find their offensive rhythm. And granted, I mean, they're incredible sandwiches and, or I'm sorry, they're incredible shots. And I'm sorry, I have Mark Jackson's quote on my brain because he just ruined that shot, that hero, that incredible floater that should just be memorialized in finals history. It's just, I mean, over Anthony Davis too. And then Mark Jackson is going to go and say a hero is more than a sandwich. Well, Mark Jackson, we know, we know. Okay. Good God. But, <laughs> good God. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Man. man. Mm. And Marcus, I wanted to ask you because I know one of the infuriating things for me watching was I love how aggressive Kelly Olenek has been playing, but some of his shot selection has been very questionable, and I see him pulling up three-pointers like he's Steph Curry and Clay, and I'm just sitting here like, why are you taking this shot? I know you can hit it for a big man as a stretch five, but why are you taking that specific shot? So I wanted to ask you, uh, as a person who you know likes the heat, I mean, how do you feel about Kelly Olynyk's play? I know he had a great performance earlier in the series, but just his shot selection, I know, has been infuriating for me to watch. No, definitely, man. Um, I'm I'm glad you asked me that because, like, the thing is, I'm a big fan of Kelly Olynyk just as a player. You know, he's a unique stretch five, and he he was always that guy that never had a starting role, obviously, or really even a featured role, right? But if the opportunity arose where his number was called um, and, you know, he had to start or just get big minutes, he always, um, always answered. You know, he always just 
came with it. And he could, I mean, gosh, he had some, I mean, not just in Miami, but Boston, you know, like he, he could have some big nights. He was no stranger to scoring 20 plus points. I mean, put some respect on my man Gallo. Cause I'm a huge OKC fan, but you know, he's kind of like a, you know, Danilo Gallinari type player, you know? Um, so, um, I mean, with that being said, he definitely has like, you know, an uncandid ability to just score. But to answer your question, Brad, I feel like he's been going away from his game, right? I feel like in that game three where, you know, he put in 17 and was a huge step up, you know, not having Bam and needing more, you know, answers in Miami, he really stepped up. And I feel like not just, and, you know, I'll get back to him, but with the Heat as a whole, you see these game three performances where they just dominate, right? And they can't be stopped. And then we see these moments where they just kind of go stagnant. And playing an elite team like L.A. with LeBron James at the helm between between his physic his physicality, his IQ, and just overall, you know, GOAT mentality, veteran leadership. You can't take your foot off the gas, right, when playing against a team like that. Because here's the thing, right? Usually in a series, one team has the best player. The next team has the second best player, right? In this series, L.A. has the two best players. You know, this means business getting a championship for L.A., LA, um, Brown wants his fourth ring. AD certainly wants his first. So they're not going to take their foot off the gas. And I think when Miami's just kind of inconsistent the way that they are, they're settling for things. I mean, think about it. You guys seen in the first two games, how many times did you see Jimmy Butler drive, kick out, knowing that he was already the superstar on the team? He was relied on even more heavily, right, with Dan and Dragic out. And he was kicking out. He was deferring. You can't have that. And he really turned it on a game three. But similarly, I think Kelly Olenek, you know, and maybe it's just being on such a big stage and maybe it's, you know, playing against AD. I just think they have some success doing things and then they just start pulling up, you know, like Steph Curry, just like you said. And it's like he's not letting the game come to them. I think the Heat have been doing that a lot. And that's what was so disappointing is, you know, going back to my original thought with how the Heat were close. Even with their inability to play their game and capitalize on the easy moments, easy shots, easy second chance opportunities, they just forced something or weren't able to, you know, answer. And they still hung around the game. So I don't know, man. Like to tell you, I think with Kelly Olenek, I think he's got what the rest of the team has. It's a very big stage. I think he's second guessing himself and not letting the game come to him. I think he just got so shot happy in game three. He just kind of rolled with that in game four. But um, that's my answer to that. But I think the heat as a whole, if they don't trust themselves and they don't play their game, especially when LA, you know, busts out the Mamba jerseys, we're going to see AD and LeBron holding up that Larry O'Brien trophy, you know? So we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting, interesting to see, uh, how Miami responds from that loss. But I do, to your, to your point, Marcus, I do want to say, I think that, Jimmy Butler's consistent willingness to defer is ultimately going to be to the detriment of the heat. Because like I said, I mean, it's a tale of the tape. And when you look at the tape, the, the role players of the Lakers were hitting their open shots. The Miami heat were not, they weren't the wide open shots that you need to be able to make. They missed That's when you miss yeah. those type of shots. And when you rely on circus shots to create an offensive rhythm for you, you are, you're never going to be able to pull out a victory. And I think that the other thing in regards to, you know, talking about guys getting kind of shot happy, well, 
there have been pros and cons of the bubble. The pros of the bubble are you don't have the crowd noise. You don't have, you know, that I'm, I'm you know, in foreign territory mentality and aspect of the game. Um, you know, it, it's a relatively neutral playing field. But unfortunately, when you're in, when you're in the NBA finals, it's impossible to remove that intensity from it, especially knowing what's at stake, especially knowing how far you've come, how long you've been in the bubble and who you're going up against. And I think for the Miami heat who have a lot of younger guys on their team that they're relying on, especially for playmaking ability right now with Dragic being out of the lineup. I think the issue is they're looking around and seeing the Lakers guys making these shots. And then it becomes a game of who can outshoot who and then it turns into a game of knockout. You know what I mean? Oh, this guy made a shot. So now I better make mine. I better make mine. And then they're not, and, and they're missing them. They're missing them. It, it, the mind games of the NBA finals are wearing on the Miami heat and the lack of, of experience in, in deep post game appearances is showing as far as the roster composition. Now the heat have Iguodala, they have Butler, they have Crowder, they have a handful of guys. I mean, Olenek was on a couple of those Celtics teams that made the runs that they did, but you're relying on these guys who have never really to this point in their career been expected to do what they're expected to do right now with probably the exception of Andre Iguodala, who has a lot of lesser responsibilities because just where he is in his career and age. But Jimmy Butler needs to, when he is getting that deep in the paint, he needs to look to finish. He needs to continue to push the envelope and force that contact and get to the free throw line. Well, we saw him put up 40 points in game three. That is going to be the way the Miami Heat pull off the win. And I understand why he's deferring to Bam at least because Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, is the superstar on that team, unquestionably. But throughout the bubble, I mean, especially in the Eastern Conference Finals, best player was Bam. It was Bam. Yeah, it was Bam. I mean, so with Bam being back, Jimmy is trying to get him back to where he needs to be for them to really be able to stick it out in this series. And I don't fault him for that. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a product of circumstance. And unfortunately, Bam came back and was trying to find his rhythm in a game where the Miami Heat really needed to solidify their rhythm and the two just didn't align. So a lot of different narratives kind of played into that for the Heat, ultimately, in my opinion, down the stretch. Brad, what, what do you think in that regard? I'll, I love how you mentioned that there's a lot of different narratives going on for the Heat, whereas it seems like it's just one straight clear narrative for the Lakers. And I think that ultimately led to, you know, them being able to block out the distraction, block out the noise, especially in that second half of game four and close out the way they did. And I know that we talked about it a little bit. And I know Marcus alluded to it that, you know, the it's no secret the Lakers have the two best players on the on the court this series. It's, it's no question. And, you know, those players, when when you're in a game like in game four and com- them combined, they shoot over uh, shoot 50% from the field, more times than not, that team is going to win. And I just think that, you know, the Heat have made wonderful adjustments to force them out into the perimeter. And like David alluded to, the Lakers are making their three-point shots more than not this series and that is opening up the peg for the Lakers late in the game. And I think that the, all the narratives, you know, the energy they have to expend, especially when they were shorthanded earlier on in the series and they're starting to get more people back. You're starting to try to infuse, you know, bam back into the offense and bam still trying to get his rhythm. And I think they ultimately just ran out of gas. And I alluded to it in a tweet uh, during game four, the fact that they have an extra day of rest obviously is going to benefit the Lakers as well, but I really think it will truly benefit the Heat 
And I think that they have to put up an Herculean effort, especially from Jimmy Butler being aggressive, Bam being aggressive. Um, and I loved early in the game him being aggressive, getting rebounds, getting getting to put back the foul in ones, getting to the free throw line, and him starting to do a little bit of the you know the ball handling that he likes to do and the facilitating role that he was in. But like like you guys said, when you guys when you're supporting cast you know, seems like they have deer in the headlights looking or not hitting the shots the way they, you know, they were accustomed to for the heat. You're going to have to be more aggressive. I want to see Bam. I want to see Jimmy more aggressive at game five. And I want to see them play better defense, especially closing out on the Lakers shooters. If you know that the Lakers are hot shooting from the three point line, I know you want to try to, you know, have an extra guy to help rebound, even though it seems like the Lakers are getting every loose rebound at this point. I want to see them close out shooters, force them to make another pass, force them in the, t- in the tough shots, be the aggressors, be the bullies, because that's what heat basketball is on the defensive side is to be bullies, especially at the perimeter. So I would like to see effort and game five for them, clean up the shot selection. And I said that obviously the shot selection has been severely influenced by that Lakers defense, but just continue to try to move that ball, get off ball movement. Coach Spo is great at making game-to-game adjustments. And see if you can loosen up that Lakers defense to get some better shot selection and hopefully get some other players going. And you guys mentioned Jay Crowder. I am calling out Jay Crowder because he has not had a great last two games, in my opinion. He's been kind of hit or miss. Jay Crowder needs to have a great game for the Heat for them to win game five. He needs to be the X factor with his three-point ability, his ability to cover three points. Uh, to cover uh, on defense and as well as to get boards, Jay Crowder will be the X factor on, on outside of the heroes and the Duncan Robinson hitting his threes, bam, and obviously, you know, Jimmy Buckets. Jay Crowder will be the X factor for game five. If he can give them, i say at least three three-pointers and maybe 12 points, 10 to 12 points, I like the Heat's chances of trying to steal game five and prolong the, the trophy ceremony for the Lakers. Yeah, I agree. I think Crowder for sure could definitely be an X factor for the Heat. I mean, you saw if he would have made a couple defensive plays down the stretch as far as taking that charge on LeBron's drive, solidifying himself and boxing LeBron out on that uh, corner three-point attempt um, and several other things. I mean, it, it could have been a different game and, and it could have been a different series right now. But yeah, Crowder, definitely they're going to need him on both ends of the court and the versatility he brings as far as being able to guard both LeBron James and Anthony Davis and not get just completely eviscerated. So I'll give Jay Crowder credit for that. Uh, not credit for much else, unfortunately, because it looks like his three-point shot has left him. As you saw, uh, he was kind of in fuego earlier in the series. And I mean, or earlier in the, in the bubble, I should say. And in the playoffs respectively. And we should have known that that wasn't going to last. Um, but it is unfortunate that his shot seems to have left him uh, when the heat really needed the most. So yeah. definitely, David, definitely something to look for. Yeah. And can I add that you alluded to it? His shot does look flat, which is obviously the opposite of that Sprite at McDonald's, which I love. And I just would like to see him. It just seems like he's <laughs> It just seems like he doesn't have that same like lift on his shot, and his shot is a little flat. So hopefully the extra day of rest can give his egg, legs a little bit more energy, give more energy to Iguodala and some of those older role players who have been in tough you know, playoff game situations for the Heat. And let's see if that can, like I said, help them to steal game five. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Oh man! Speaking of 
speaking of the shameless Sprite plug, we're going to give a quick shout out as well to my bookie. Um, we got the NBA mm-hmm. finals going on right now. We got NFL football going on. We got all kinds of stuff going on. You can even bet on the to bet on. You might as well get on that place to wager and make sure you make yourself some money. And also make sure that you use our promo code HOOPBALL anytime you do so. You want to win your money and you want to get a discount and save the money when you can. So use that promo code HOOPBALL mybookie.com best way better than the rest you heard it here now i'm gonna say less all right moving on like i said we got potentially one more game with well, the series depending on hey, where hey, your allegiances lie i mean yes yes sir i'm sorry i got something to say before we lose the topic you know brad said who he's calling out i'm calling out jimmy butler for game five okay Uh-oh. and let me tell oh. you why i'm calling out jimmy butler He's All the in trouble. I've been watching this series. I've been thinking, where's the Jimmy Butler of old? Where's the Jimmy Butler that was dropping 50 in Chicago? And, you know, it actually got me thinking, right? And I went to Basketball Reference the other day and I looked, right? And I thought there were four straight years in a row where Jimmy Butler averaged 20 points a game, 21 points, 24 points, and 22, okay? And then, obviously, once he took a lesser role, um, he – you know, went to Minnesota and even on Minnesota, he averaged 22, but in 2018, 19, he averaged 18. And then, you know, in Philly, he averaged 18. And, you know, obviously Jimmy is a support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply most unselfish superstar in my opinion so he embraced his role but i need jimmy to not drive the lane and kick out i think jimmy is a lot better than we think he is as far as his ability to score and i need him to exhaust that you know i need to see him exhaust that in this next game and leave it all on the floor he's an excellent two-way player he's unselfish he has a great iq but i think he's almost so unselfish that he defers too much when they need Jimmy to make the big shot. Because you pass to Hero, it goes to Kelly, bam, gets it a little bit, dunk touches it, and then we just force a shot. I need Jimmy to take over. And I need Jimmy to at least give me 35. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I I agree with you, Marcus. He, he might need to 
you know, rub on the mama jerseys to get that that mamba mentality in him. Because Jimmy Butler's mentality is very, very aggressive, and that's just how he's built. But he needs that that mamba mentality, like you said, for them to really, you know, take game five. And uh, I, I want Bam as well, but I know he's coming back from injury. A, a neck is nothing to play with, and so he's going to have to come along, you know, slowly but surely. But you're 100% right. He needs to be selfish. Be a little more selfish. Be be selfish. Be selfish. Like it's your birthday month, Jimmy. Be selfish. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I've been saying that consistently throughout this NBA Finals. Uh, I, I'm unsure why Jimmy Butler is so eager to give the ball up when he is. I mean, he, he's getting by everybody. I mean, it's, it's one man and the rim and Jimmy Butler. And he is kicking it out. And unfortunately, again, I think a lot of his teammates, Jimmy Butler is obviously the leader. And unfortunately, a lot of his teammates emulate his style of play. And it shows in the way that we consistently see the playmakers, the guards on the Miami Heat on the perimeter, attempt a jump shot and then quickly try to look for a teammate either to their left or right to bail them out. Now, sometimes the teammate is there and anticipating that pass. However, we've seen several times when they are not, it creates transition, and we know that the Lakers are the best transition team in the NBA. LeBron James is the best transition basketball player possibly ever, and when you give them a head start like that, they have an endless motor, and it's really easy for them to build a big lead. So, I mean, like you said, game five, I look for Jimmy Butler to be very unself or very, very selfish, I should say. And I look for the Miami Heat to be far more patient with their attempts offensively. I think that they were trying to run and gun. And when the shot wasn't there again, it was just creating transition. Um, you saw at the end of the game, what could have potentially made it a two point game. had Jimmy Butler made that corner three turned into a four on two for the Lakers down the other end and a KCP three in the corner, giving the Lakers, you know, basically the win. I mean, that, I mean, Anthony Davis's three really was icing on the cake, but CP three, or I'm sorry, KCP's three was the cake itself. I mean, that was, that was it. So, the Miami Heat, they need to figure it out. I expect that they will. They're incredibly well coached. They have a great organization. Like you guys both said, um, it's a tough-minded organization. I think they'll come out and they'll definitely look to set the tone and try to punch the Lakers in the mouth. They know what those jerseys mean. They know the Lakers are undefeated in those jerseys. So the Heat are definitely going to have to come correct. Otherwise, it's going to be the end of the bubble for, I mean, I guess for all of us, but definitely for the Miami Heat, that bubble will get burst. Um, if they don't come out and, and really, really make their shots. So speaking of game five, I mean, best case scenario, depending again, where your allegiances lie, we have another game this weekend. Worst case scenario, again, depending on where your allegiances lie, the finals is over and we crown a champion. Now I say worst case scenario because, the bubble has been incredible. I mean, I, I just got to, again, give the NBA all the credit in the world for what they've been able to execute um, from start to finish. This has been very, very rocky. I mean, this is uncharted territory, and this was a group effort. Now, I mean, obviously, the NBA didn't just do this for the grace of the players. They did this for the money. They did this for the contracts. They did this for a whole bunch of financial reasons and other that you know, relatively step in step with, with the NBA, um, both front office leadership, coaching staffs, players. I mean, th this truly was a group effort on all ends. So I got to give everybody all their credit. Um, 
it's been incredible. But if the bubble is to come to an end on Friday evening and we do crown the Los Angeles Lakers champions, I'm going to start with you, Brad. Brad, who is your finals MVP and why? I, I know you guys alluded to, you know, maybe AD has played himself out of it, but I still think it's Anthony Davis. I really, he really set the tone the first two games, and defensively he's been all over the court. I mean, he has been a, a nightmare for the Miami Heat. And like, like you guys alluded to, he's guarded Jimmy Butler in stretches. And game game three, when Jimmy Butler had that crazy game and AD seemingly, you know, was a little disinterested, uh, Jimmy Butler was able to, you know, switch on, you know, smaller defenders and really, you know, take what he wants, get to the rim, get to the free throw line, you know, finish. And he was that aggressive guy that we need him for him to be in game five. But AD really has set the tone on the defensive end, especially in game four, taking the challenge and guarding Jimmy Butler, where he has, you know, has had Dwight Howard switched on to him and blown past him and still get to the rim. He can't do that with AD. AD is too athletic. He's too long. He's great at closing out at the three point line, but obviously he's not going to give you anything at the rim. So I think his overall presence, his shot altering ability, obviously his ability to block shots, uh, just his defensive presence alone for me makes him the the finals MVP this year. Now, LeBron, rightfully so, having almost triple-double efforts, efforts every night, he could definitely be in the running. But for me, I think Anthony Davis takes the cake. Um, that's not no, you know, bias because he came from, you know, the Pelicans organization that I'm a fan of personally. This is just what I've seen on the court, even though he has seemingly, you know, taken his foot off the gas um, and spells this finals. I- I'm going to give it to AD. But re- but actually, before I kick it to you guys, can can Clutch Sports get any votes for MVP? Because I feel like with KCP, with AD, obviously Broad, I feel like Clutch Sports needs some finals votes. So I'm going to just put that out in the Cosmo. And if I had to vote for anybody besides AD, Clutch Sports is my MVP for this finals. <laughs> well, I think for a lot of us, we can agree that Clutch Sports and LeBron James are one of the same. So he may be bringing the trophy home for both parties on that. And uh, <laughs> but again, you can you can you can believe what you like. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a group effort here for the Lakers. But Anthony Davis, I will say, Brad, when Anthony Davis has played well, the Lakers have won. And when he hasn't, they've lost. So read into that what you will. Um, LeBron is always going to do what he does. Uh, he really has not been off or not himself in a series since the whole issue in Dallas in 2011. And I don't expect that to change anytime soon. So he will continue. He will continue to be consistent. Um, he always has been. So I think Anthony Davis is definitely a big X factor for the Lakers. And when you put it in that kind of perspective, I think that it's justified to give him MVP votes, um, even though he did have that absence in game three. Marcus, in your opinion, who, who are you giving the finals MVP uh, if we do see the Lakers come home with it on Friday night? Well, you know, to add to anything, I'm impartial. You know, I'm a Michigan native. I love my Pistons. I've always been a lifelong Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Those are my teams, right? But, I mean, I mentioned that to say I don't have any biases here. But, you know, to kind of piggyback Brad, I've been back and forth with friends and just monitoring this, Okay. And I feel like a lot of people, I get it. It's Brian. It's his fourth ring. You know, Brian was close to Kobe. He's on L.A. He's restored the franchise, right? 
I feel like there are so many subtle biases towards LeBron and everything he does well is boosted. Everything that Anthony Davis does well is just at its face value, right? And then every little thing that Anthony Davis does poorly is exaggerated, right? And I mentioned that to say Anthony Davis is by far, and I'll say it, by far the best player that LeBron James has ever played with. And in my opinion, right, he has been one of the best players over this last half of a decade, right? Anthony Davis, even while he was on New Orleans, and, you know, they had a decent supporting cast, you know, a great player, elite two-way player in, you know, Drew Holiday, no disrespect there. But when you're looking at a third option, I mean, it was more of a serviceable role player at best. And Anthony Davis for years had obscene Stat lines, 28 and 12, two and a half blocks. I mean, he just did it all, right? And a fantasy stud. But my point in that is his success, even on that team, sweeping the Blazers, you know, trying to compel his team to be better, was so lost and under the radar because of what team he played for, the Pelicans. You know, they never contended. They never had a star-studded roster, despite the successes they did have. They really weren't a group when they had DeMarcus Cousins. Big injury took a toll. And they weren't the same after that, obviously. But I say all that to say this. Anthony Davis is who he's always been. And it's just more in a better spotlight. Is pl- is playing alongside one of the best players, if not the best right now, player in the NBA in LeBron James. And AD is outdoing him, right? And I've seen so many posts talking about how AD leads in every single category except assists. And LeBron James almost gets a triple-double. And I ask you, should a seven-footer be getting more than three assists a game when you got Rondo and LeBron on the same team, both in the top 10 in all time assists. And they use that to ding AD for why he shouldn't get finals MVP. It's like people are just reaching so much, but to your point, Brad, and I know you kind of touched on it too, David, AD's impact is felt every time he plays well. And I had a funny, you know, conversation with a friend of mine because ironically, a lot of people said when AD had that underwhelming performance in game three, and they lost. Kelly Olynyk having more points to AD. Now, was it AD not playing well that cost the team? Or was it the team realizing how crucial AD is to the team's success? Because to both of your points, when AD's played well, he has put that team out of reach for any team to battle with and be able to, you know, beat the Lakers. And I think that is a testament. And you know, I was watching first take, and Stephen A. commented on it too. Game three, you're looking at it, right? Um, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Game three. Game three. LeBron has a nice stat line, but kind of like Stephen A. said, they're empty. It's an empty stat line. What are you doing to put your team in a position to win? And we love LeBron, and I'm not saying he's not playing well. He's playing incredibly well, as he usually does. You know, Finals LeBron. He's no, he, he, he's not new to this. But I feel like we get so caught up in the numbers that we don't look at the impact. And we just kind of nitpick any little thing that AD has done. And and I'll sum it up with this, okay? Obviously, LeBron James had the better stat line, right? Had the better stat line last game, okay? But I'm looking at this as saying, oh, LeBron James plus minus was negative two. And AD's plus minus was plus 17. But I don't hear anyone talking about that. And that is why I think, unbiasedly speaking, Anthony Davis deserves this. LeBron James, his, you know, his ability to lead a team, his IQ and everything is great. But if we're not being biased, we're going to give this to AD. 
And if you want to put your biases in Bron's fourth ring and you want to, you know, put all that in, then you can give it to Bron. I, I think either way, you know, they're both deserving. But AD is my MVP and he is the most deserving. And I'll leave it at that. And Marcus, I would definitely want to jump in because if AD has a game like the closeout game that KD had to beat LeBron when he was in the Warriors to win that second title, uh, I, I think that he'll it, it'll, it'll, it won't be no question that AD will get it. And like I said, I, I'm sticking with it. AD should be, you know, finals MVP. And as, as, as much as it hurts me to see him, you know, obviously leave New Orleans, uh, it's, it's well-deserved and it will be a well-deserved ring for Anthony Davis because everybody knows historically that whoever LeBron's, you know, next teammate always gets a lot of slack from the media. They're always highly scrutinized. So, but I, but like like Bron said, we're built different. AD's built different, and he's shown it this finals. He's shown it this playoff. He's shown it this entire year. And it's not a stretch for me to say. I mean, as much as I love LeBron, that AD is the best player on his team. And like you said, Marcus, where yeah. AD where mm-hmm. AD goes, that's where the team goes. So, you know, hopefully AD, you get this uh, MVP and, and you get your ring and. Um, Come back to New Orleans and say hi. Just say hi. You don't have to, you don't have to play for us. Just come say hi. Uh, we have good yeah. food. You know how it is. Chopper style, all that. Yeah. This man said right. chopper yeah. style. <laughs> I'm hey, doing Brad, a dance right now. <laughs> hey, Brad, you said it. One small thing I want to add in there is, you know, put simply, there's a reason why LeBron wanted to trade an arm and leg to get Anthony Davis in the first place. Now, you can just put all that, Brian this, Brian that, but trust me. He had his eyes set on Anthony Davis for a reason, and I'm leaving it at that. It's no surprising that he is in contention to get Finals MVP and deserving of it. So, yeah. yeah. Clutch Sports, give some votes, please. Please give Clutch Sports some votes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel, I feel unfortunate that I have to end the podcast on on this somber note, but. The, the reality of the situation, guys, is unfortunately MVP voting and a lot of the NBA finals is very, very narrative driven. And the other unfortunate aspect of this conversation is the fact that we live in the age of numbers, the era of analytics, whatever you want to use to, to qualify um, this current iteration of basketball as it is being played. And LeBron, ha- I mean, LeBron has the numbers. I mean, he has all the numbers. And that is why you will consistently and continuously see people lean on that so heavily. It's because it's become all that the game is about at this point. It has. And for a guy who, I mean, he, Le- LeBron is great. But, I mean, when you think of the age of analytics, you do not think of LeBron James. You, you're more likely to think of a Steph Curry, a James Harden. Uh, a team offense more so than than an actual singular player if you're if you're going to narrow it down to one guy but definitely not LeBron James and I mean he he has become the face of 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 league numbers I mean that's why this guy has all the records and like you said I mean Marcus when you have LeBron and Rondo you don't really need to touch the ball and do a whole lot of facilitating because when they give you the ball, they expect you to put it through the cup. Okay. They do not expect you to kick it back or to kick it out. You put it in the cup. If your name is Anthony Davis, and he's going to continue to get force fed by these guys because he has incredible chemistry with them. That's why his numbers are always going to skew more significantly towards his offensive impact. Um, as far as the box score, 
than than um, his ability to facilitate because that's just not his game. So I, I completely agree with you 110% on that. And in regards to the fact that when AD shows up, the Lakers show out, I mean, that has been my really been where I, where I've been standing my ground anytime I've asked people because I've asked people before the series started and during the series who you got and how many games and I would continuously hear oh you know Lakers and six Lakers and five oh I got a sweep Lakers and four and the next question I always ask people is well who's your MVP and 10 times out of 10 like this man is not the brow okay like that like like 10 times out of 10 like this man is not consistently in the running for DPOY 10 times out of 10 like this man is not singularly possibly one of the greatest big men to ever play in the NBA 10 times out of 10 people are telling me MVP is LBJ 10 times out of 10 and it just never made sense to me it never made sense and the other thing that doesn't make sense to me is the consistent point of conversation where people say oh well look at lebron james he makes everybody else so great around him he's unlocking anthony davis well let me go ahead and unlock this conversation and put in my two cents first of all lebron is an incredible player as far as maximizing the talent of a roster and getting the most out of the guys around him. Unfortunately, that impact skews more positively towards guys who don't have a real role towards guys whose name does not jump off of the box score. We've seen the way it has for better or for worse impacted his other superstar cohorts, the Chris Boshes, and what they said about Chris Bosh when he goes to Miami. He's not a real big man. Why does he shoot threes? Chris Bosh is weak. I mean, how many dinosaur memes are still on the internet because of Chris Bosh? Endlessly. Dwayne Wade not getting the respect that he deserves. And a lot of people acting like Dwayne Wade isn't one of the best shooting guards of all time because he had LeBron at the peak of his powers in Miami. Don't get it twisted. When LeBron showed up, he evolved into the best player, not only on that team, and in the league, but it was D Wade's team. Okay. It, there's a reason that they called it and still call it Wade County. Okay. So had to get that mm-hmm. off my chest. First of all, for all my Miami yeah. people. Okay. You, you know where I'm coming from. And the other thing in regards to that, if anyone is being unlocked as crazy as this sounds, it's LeBron James. This is LeBron James unlocking the final chapter of his career with the best possible player alongside him the best possible player for him as far as being able to alleviate the defensive pressure that lebron feel on a possession to possession basis by impacting the offense and being 15 feet away from the guy with the ball because anytime anthony davis is on the court you have to not only be aware of his presence but you damn sure got to respect it 10 times out of 10. And we saw what happened with the Miami Heat trying to get in there and doing scoop layups, all types of circus shots, with the exception of Tyler Heroes. AD was sending that back to the bench every single time. Every single time. LeBron is not unlocking Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has been finally put on a team that meets the challenge of being able to pair him with a guy who can keep up and LeBron James can keep up with anybody but we all have to be very very real and understand that LeBron James of now is not LeBron James of old he cannot do it now like he did before and the reason why people are getting it twisted is because typically when a guy gets to LeBron's age 
his body is not where LeBron's is right now. And again, that is a credit to technology, to medicine, to the discipline of LeBron James as an athlete. Okay. He's not a businessman. He's a business man. Okay. In the words of hope. And he treats it as such. That is why his career has such the longevity that it does. That's why he is still playing like this. And it's really a question that people are actually asking, saying, is LeBron James now better than LeBron James was in 2011, in 2013? No, no, because that is peak of his powers, LeBron James. The difference is where he is mentally because of his experiences, because of the things he has had to go through, because of the sleds he has pulled to this point. That is what is giving him the advantage in those microseconds where he is making those snap decisions, where he is empowering his teammates, where he is throwing the ball full court to Anthony Davis, catching it for an alley-oop. You know who he used to do that with? D-Wade, okay? It's that chemistry, and LeBron has found his perfect pairing, so... I'm going to let y'all respond to that. But, I, I mean, I've been hearing some crazy chatter from all types of people who get paid a whole lot of money to talk about this. And I'm just wondering, y'all can hit my Venmo, okay, because I got some opinions. I got some opinions, please. So I'll start with you, Brad. Brad, what, what do you think about that? AD unlocking LeBron or LeBron unlocking AD? I've said this before. Uh, cause I've seen it in, I've seen it in New Orleans. Like I saw AD for AD, what AD was in New Orleans. And he was still in the conversation before he got to the Lakers of being one of the greatest power that, of time. Say that, like, Brad. He is, he was already in the conversation as one of the greatest power forwards of all time. I know people put up Kevin McHale and I've seen a lot of film on Kevin McHale. Great. But what AD is doing now, especially the, the effort on the defensive end and the drive to continually work, especially having a teammate, because the problem with Mikhail was that he was great. He was talented. And Larry obviously was a very hard worker. And Larry was the LeBron James of that Celtics team. But he, as far as work ethic, Mikhail wasn't on the same level as bird. AD is on the same level as Braun. And as you alluded to, he didn't really necessarily have necessarily have that in new Orleans. So no, AD has been AD for a while. He, like you said, he is now just on a platform to showcase this to the world. And I know I w- we were selfishly holding on to him in New Orleans and not trying not to let him go. And Dell Gibbs, if you hear this podcast, you messed this up. I'm still mad at you. Um, I know you got. I know you in Utah somewhere now. Hopefully, you don't mess up their franchise with your bad decision making. But you're seeing if you could have gotten anybody else in New Orleans. Outside of you, Holiday, to truly help that team, what you could be getting as him as your best player on the team. But, you know, I digress. AD's always been AD. So with that, I don't have much more to say on that. So I'm going to pass this on to you, Marcus. Man, I think you guys both summed it up, man. Um, you know what? I'll just say this, okay? I mean, Anthony Davis is unlocking LeBron. It's not even a question. Take Anthony Davis out of that equation. Put in another superstar. If you think they have a clear path and a dominant path to the finals as they've had, I'm sorry. You're kidding yourself. And here's the thing that kills me. Why is it everybody would bring up the stats and they would compare them against LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis led in each statistical category. He had a half a steal. LeBron James had one. 
That was the difference outside of assists. No one talked about how Anthony Davis was having 33 points and LeBron had 29. Anthony Davis handily led in each one of those categories. And despite that, what did they say? But look how many assists LeBron has. Like we're not playing, you know, as I mentioned before, like we're not playing with the two players who are in the top 10 all time assist leaders. That is just ridiculous. But what happened after AD had that underwhelming game? Like I said, oh, LeBron James is getting it. LeBron James gets it. But like I mentioned earlier, once again, I didn't hear anybody talking about that plus minus how AD was plus 22. LeBron James was negative even with that stat line. Nobody is showing love. Nobody's talking about that. And we just look for any anything to ding AD, anything to amplify LeBron. And I mean, look, we all have phones. We all have technology. You can go to basketball reference and look at AD and his dominant, dominant stead in New Orleans. He has been AD. He was no stranger for going 50 and 12 plus. He has been a dominant force. And I'm sorry that the best players he got to play with were Drew Holiday, DeMarcus Cousins, and Nikola Mirotic when he decided to shave his beard and go crazy in the playoffs. And if you consider that to be a lot of talent to work with, then I don't know what to say. And you know what? If AD doesn't win this, that's okay. Because poetic justice will have its time, anytime, any place, and Anthony Davis will continue his reign long after this. And that's where you will have no choice but to respect him and his elite. And his eliteness. So I'm going to leave it off on that, man. AD unlocked LeBron. AD deserves it. But you're 100% right, David. And YouTube, Brad, the narrative, all of that. People want LeBron to have it so badly. They're just discuss any little thing. I see more people posting about a damn Wheaties box, excuse my language, than giving any credit to Anthony Davis. So that's where we're at. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I've seen that post, too. And I agree with you. And 100%, I mean, the comparisons as far as roster composition between New Orleans and, and the Lakers, I mean, it's it's night and day. It's it's not the same. And, yeah, I, I, I can't remember if Miritich shaved his beard or if it was Bobby Portis that punched it off. But I guess we'll save that for another podcast another <laughs> time. <laughs> Before we go, I just want to thank both of y'all for joining me tonight on another episode. I really appreciate y'all insight. I really appreciate your voices on this podcast. Uh, and we continue to appreciate all the great contributions that you both do uh, for this program specifically and for the network as a whole. Um, I really, really appreciate you guys. So before I let you both go, definitely give yourselves a little shout out here. Let the people know where they can find you on social media and otherwise. I guess I'll start it off. Uh, you guys tune into my weekly show, uh, Hoop Ball Hawks. That is at Hoop Ball Hawks on Twitter. We strive to release episodes every Monday or Tuesday. Uh, it's been some great content. I have a great episode coming up. Uh, follow myself as well on Twitter. That's Brad Jarrett six seven. That's Brad J A R R E T T six seven. Hit me up. Let's talk hoops and um, just continue to follow uh, follow me and what we're doing. Uh, we have some really great things going on with this podcast. And uh, I thank you, David, for being on the show. And it's been great, obviously, meeting Marcus for the first time, but talking some hoops today. And 
Dave, I ain't gonna lie, I'm still kind of rebounding from that Miritich joke, because good lord, good lord, wow, um, wow, I was not prepared for that, uh, Miritich, you don't deserve, <laughs> you don't deserve to get beat up like this, but, uh, with that, I'm gonna pass it on to you, Mark. <laughs> oh, man, so, so that's why he decided to go overseas, he had just had enough, huh, he didn't even want anything to do with the NBA, man, that he is had funny. to get a chin <laughs> transplant, they only do that overseas. <laughs> Oh, Lord, please save him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man, nah. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. And, Brad, great meeting you as well. Good energy. It was a great segment. But you can find me on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C, underscore Anthony, 35. Uh, Instagram is last name, first name, Braden Marcus, B-R-A-D-E-N, Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S. Tap in with me. You know, um, I definitely plan on uh, – being on a lot more hoopball projects as soon as we get things ramping up for the uh, next fantasy season and NBA season as a whole. So uh, stay tuned for all of the good stuff hoopball puts out. And gentlemen, always a pleasure. I know we'll have another segment regardless, but I hope we can talk about the wonders of the heat or a little mix of Anthony Davis, uh, you know, holding up the uh, MVP trophy. If neither of those things, that would be the worst of the Nash equilibrium. So we'll see how it shakes out, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Let's hope it shakes in the right way. And we'll continue to give you guys all the need-to-know information uh, and conversation otherwise. Because that's what you tune in for, for the personality, for the stats. And we'll be sure to bring both of those on our end. So, as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, DFB underscore three. Hit me up. Give me a follow. Let me know what's going on. We appreciate everybody in the football universe tuning in for another episode of your NBA box score breakdown. Brad, Marcus, thank you guys so much. Everybody out there, we'll talk to y'all soon. Yes, sir. Later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.